Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up? It's the 2022 NFL preview episode on the Go Long podcast. Tyler Dunn here with Jim Monas. Jim, what's happening on your end this this fine Friday afternoon? It's the best. We're underway. Finally, we got the game under our belts. I'm so pumped right now. I because I like you know I like college football. I don't like love it. I like gambling on it a little bit to watch it. Games are just that North Carolina App State game last week is like why college football to me is whatever. But <laughs> I just want to watch the NFL is just so much. I don't know. That last night got me ready to watch more of it. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the weekend and it leads to predictions, right? For the season. No, no doubt. I mean, we've kind of, uh, I mean, we put it out there. If everybody's reading, go along. We, we have our predictions out there, it's on, it's on the site. But we thought we'd kind of go in a little deeper, you know, get a little weird, get a little crazy, throw some uh, takes inside the oven, crank it to 500 degrees and and see what happens. Usually we, we mock that stuff, but crazy stuff does happen every year and nobody really knows what's coming, when it's coming. So we're, we're going to try to uh, investigate a little bit here. You just summed it up perfectly by saying nobody knows. And it's the people that take it so seriously and can't have a little fun with it and understand, like, you can't predict this stuff. We have no clue. But this is let's have some fun with it. See if this stuff could happen. No doubt. And, and you you went out on a limb on a few things. So I cannot yeah. wait to hear. Uh, yeah, I have some I have some reasons behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, next week we're going to be at Fatty Beer Company, yes. Orchard Park, New York. Uh, we'll have the date and the time in the post. Uh, Monday a.m., so every Monday a.m., the morning after column, wrapping up the games. I'll stick it in there for our subscribers. We'll let you know uh, what day, what what time we'll be at Fatty. So come on out, have a beer with us. Uh, cannot wait for our new host. It's going to be a lot of fun. Until then, Jim, uh, so we hit on the Bills last night, and right in the heat of the moment, I mean, the game was still finishing up. Are there any other uh, thoughts like you no, slept on I, it. Anything else come to mind? I think with, the only uh, thing maybe, because it's so hard to, you know, find anything, but I guess you can talk about the turnovers. We touched on it, but I just didn't feel like they were sloppy turnovers. I didn't think there were anything to worry about. And I think the other thing I didn't talk about, that running back, we may have talked about a little bit, but Cook, um, he's going to need to raise his game. Because those two running backs – Singletary and Moss, they're not and just going to give up their touches. Without in there. He ran. He looked a little upright, running, a little yeah. tentative, fumble. Like, man, that's – I'm not right now. I'm just saying that's that rookie. I'm, people have no idea the transition. I mean, this guy was a – you know, it's not like he didn't play at a big-time college and, and being around big crowds or anything like that. It's just there's something about that first game. And you see the way single – it's just these are grown men fighting for their jobs when you see Singletary and Moss running the football. And they're not idiots. I think Singletary Moss knows oh. the Bills at every opportunity have tried to find their replacement. I mean, look uh, where they've gotten into it. J.D. McKissick, Chase Edmonds, they were looking for a dual threat. 
No we doubt. That's two years. Tra- Travis Etienne. No doubt. They wanted him badly in that draft and didn't get him. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's a sense of pride. And, and hey, yeah. you know, Zach Moss was, was playing on one good ankle last year. Devin Singletary's, I mean, he took a huge jump last year, but he, you know, he wasn't just getting the ball a heck of a lot until the end no. of the year, and then he, then he proved his worth. So that that's a whole other element and, to this team when you can when you can it, run the ball against nickel oh, and dime that that they're going to be facing. Is, and you got to remember, this is the offensive line coach Aaron Cromer. We we spoke we yes. talked about him as well. He this is what he's used to playing on a high powered offense in New Orleans. How do you mix in the running game? Because we did it with Coach Cromer. So he. I'm telling you, he plays a big part in knowing how to mix in this running game. They're, it's such an important hire, such an important hire. We might be seeing all of that draft capital starting to pay off on the defensive line too. I mean, the way they can just cycle different players through AJ Epinesa, Boogie Basham, Gregory Rousseau, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, and oh, by the way, Von Miller—he was—he was pretty good last night too. I mean, they're yeah, I can't, we can't, I can't even talk about it anymore. I mean, no. they, if they can cave the pocket consistently, that—that—that's uh, that, a game changer because they—they weren't able to do it against the best of the best the last two years. All right, that's enough, Bill. So you've—you've you've heard yeah, us we get blab on, on, the, on, on, but each uh, under nor, normal weekends we'll have <laughs> the big episode Monday morning, wrapping up the NFL, all the games, and then like a separate twenty twenty-five minute segment on the bills so you'll get that nice little uh package each uh, monday morning but right now jim all right do you want to start with our, our super bowl teams or do you want to start with uh Let's hit the, yeah we should craziness. do like some of the heavy hitters like some of the heavy hitters maybe like division stuff that's whatever but or maybe not because i threw some zingers in those division winners but let's let's see i i, I gotta remember uh so you so this is this is what Jim has for his division winners: AFC East Bills, AFC North Ravens, AFC South your Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll touch on that. AFC West the LA Chargers, NFC East the De- oh no the New York Giants taking the NFC East. Believe it or not, folks, uh, the NFC North Packers, NFC South Panthers. NFC West 49ers. So yeah, I mean, we were going to start with the Super Bowl winners. Let's just let's just jump right into the to the crazy stuff because I think well, a lot of folks I, I don't know anybody else who's predicting Jags, Giants, Panthers no. to take the division. No, and it's listen, I mean, I'm not saying once again. I'm I'm saying can it happen? Why not? Study the division a little bit. That's how I'm looking at it. That Jacksonville division, you can't tell me that's not up for grabs. Would you agree? Totally agree. Now yeah. look at the quarter. Let, let's look at the quarterbacks in that division. I mean, interesting, right? I mean, if Trevor Lawrence takes a step under a proven head coach, right? Whatever we want to think about Doug Peterson, right or wrong, we finally have a proven head coach. Not that Urban Meyer garbage. This is Doug Peterson with a young, talented quarterback. That team isn't that bad on talent. You've spent time around that team. They're not that bad on talent. They have some really good players on defense. Well, hell, when you spend $300 million, it's going it's to mean something, <laughs> All right? right? It's going gonna, gonna to lead to something good. <laughs> they, they did the work in free agency. I'm just trying to pay. I'm just trying to pay. I'm with I'm you. To like, they, it's not that far-fetched of a comparison. You know, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to be in the Super Bowl, but – they no, did no. try to do exactly what Cincinnati did. I mean, Cincinnati went out and signed Trey Hendrickson, signed Mike Hilton. Right, they were aggressive in free agency, and they had the quarterback. Jacksonville was aggressive in free agency, and we think they have the quarterback. And you know, was it all on Lawrence, all on Meyer? Probably a mixture of both last season for the ugliness, well, but we saw it at Clemson. He he, he does have star potential and. You're right. I was I was in Jacksonville last week. Spent a little time um, with the coaching staff, with some players. We'll have all sorts of stuff in the coming in the coming days. But you look around that locker room, and and there are some names, there are some vets, and there's a lot of but there's a lot of young, promising players too, and they're they're confident. They, I, I think it helps when you do have like a player who's been on a winning team, who can, you know, we always come back to that culture lately. 
they they can at least say the right thing in the right moment and, yeah. and carry an air about them day to day that they, they, they didn't have last year, like a Christian Kirk, you know? Um, I like it. I'm telling you, I like what they did. I, I just, I don't think, I just don't think it's far-fetched. I don't think it's a crazy thing to say every, I feel like the Colts are kind of the, did you take, who'd you take? I like the Colts. I mean, the defense yeah. is, is is loaded. I'm not a big no, Matt Ryan. You know, yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, what you're Jonathan Taylor's the, the best back in the league. They've got a good line. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to argue that. What was the last I game? Can't sit there and the say, I can't sit there. Right, I'm not going to sit there and say like. I mean, I start there. The Colts. I just once again is Matt Ryan. You know, can Matt Ryan get it done? Do they have enough weapons on the outside to threat? You know, to really put up points if they need to. Hey, the last game we saw was Jacksonville beating the snot out of Indianapolis, and <laughs> they've got they've got what what you need where you need it. Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen, yeah. I tell you what, Trayvon Walker. Yeah. I know we we questioned that pick. A lot of people did because the production, just walking around right. him in that locker room, there aren't many human beings like him on the planet. This dude is yoked, tall, strong. I mean, Daniil Hunter's a pretty big dude. We, we talked to Minnesota. Walker is – you just take one look at him and you can see, okay, that that's why you take a gamble on him over Aiden Hutchinson. I, I, think, you know, I think Hutchinson is the but, best player in the draft, but you, right. you get it. You get the, the risk-reward right. factor there with him because if you can get both of those guys screaming after the quarterback, it's going to open up so much. It, it's It's everything. All right, you've got the Packers over the Bills in the Super Bowl. You know, it's not crazy. Pandering I mean, to our to our base, I like it. That's smart. It's too. a bore. It's probably it's a boring pick, and and you know, it's a boring pick. I just I am just not impressed with the NFC right now at all. I just if Aaron Rodgers can't get this done, I'm just not impressed with the NFC. You know, the road to the Super Bowl went through Lambeau Field the last two years. They and couldn't I, get it done. We talked about it. I mean, I so don't. So what changed to you? Right, but what, what to you? What changed that gives you confidence that he came back? Mm-hmm. That he came back. He wouldn't do this. This isn't a sport you do. Just hey, I can get one more year or whatever. You do this for a reason. If you're him, he he wants to play. He wants to win. He he. There's something in him that wants to play. So I like that. I'll take I'll take one of the most talented quarterbacks that still wants to play. With a team who I do, I do think they have talent. I mean, yeah, I mean they put the assets into the defense. We, we've hit on all those themes here. I, right. I, I'm with you. I think they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I've got I was going to say so, Cincinnati. So, but for you, that's a. Um, I want to talk about your Cincinnati pick, but for you, was that hard for you to put Green Bay in the Super Bowl? As far as like not hard, but do you see like who who do you think challenges them? I guess would be the is it Minnesota. Because I'm not gonna lie, Tyler. This week, I like you. Kind of talked me. I'm I'm taking Minnesota Sunday against Green Bay. So even though I have them going to the Super Bowl, hey, a game's a game. I, I'm with. You. I think the Vikings win this game, but I think the Packers win the NFC. And yeah, you may think, what what the hell? Well, let's remember last year the New Orleans Saints pounded Green Bay, but 38 to three, and they whipped themselves in the shape pretty quickly. It's it's a marathon. I just think it's gonna take time for. Sammy Watkins, you know, Alan Lazard's hobbled. Romeo Dobbs. I think Romeo Dobbs is going to end up being the, the go-to guy, you know, by October. Yeah. Christian Watson's a little banged up. Robert Tunyon's working his way back from that season ending knee injury. There's a lot of moving parts in the passing game yeah, and training camp was up and down. Um, so I, I just think it's going to take an adjustment there. And Minnesota is going to be jacked. For this game and we might as, let's talk about this matchup a little bit because you know we created a somewhat of a stir right you may have heard Zadarius Smith had a few things to say about his former team uh we've got the story up online spent some time out there with the Vikes Jim and uh while I was there chatted with Zadarius um just curious like everybody else like what happened last year you know why Minnesota are you eager to face your former team and didn't take much poking and prodding. He he was uh, willing and eager and jumping the gun to discuss yeah. this matchup. You know, obviously there's the whole Baltimore thing in there. I wish we could have delved down that road in our conversation. He he actually had to get get to a meeting, so we try to maximize our time best we could. He was going to go to the Ravens, had an agreement. 
didn't work out. Boom, he's a Viking. And he said the reason he's in Minnesota is, is to play Green Bay twice a year, that he hurt his back lifting weights, got into training camp, didn't feel right. On an off day, flew to L.A., uh, had surgery done by the same doctor who did Rob Gronkowski's back, Jason Pierre-Paul's back, early in their careers, made them good as new. And what they did basically, he had a bulge in his back, and they kind of shaved it down a little bit. Uh, Hey, he played. Like, as he said, I put my effing back on the line. He played in the playoffs. Like, he was there for the games in matter with this back issue. And, yeah, we've – we're, we're pretty open and transparent. Uh, you know, I'm being pro player in terms of these are the dudes out there, you know, with the brains jiggling around in a skull, with <laughs> knees beat to hell, with bodies that are just playing a game. Hey, as your old cohort, Doug Whaley said, it wasn't a radio interview. He was 100% correct. The human body was not you know, built and made to play this game that we all love. And I think we all That's, we all understand that. We all get it. But these are the guys out there risking everything. So, hey, if he wants to open up and if he wants to talk about what he went through physically, mentally, um, you know, he had the two banger years when he got there, 19 and 20. He, he had 60 half, 65 and a half pressures per Bob McGinn or Bob McGinn, his count in 19. 13 and a half sacks. He's an all pro the next year. He, he did a lot of good. I mean, I get it. He's got deficiencies against the run. Green Bay's going to try to take advantage of that with Jones and Dylan because he is, he's pretty excited. You know, he'll be flying upfield. Um, yeah. But he, he did give them exactly what they needed. And then all of this happened. And yeah, he, he said it wasn't so much restructuring his contract. He said it wasn't so much not being named a captain, even though he put out some cryptic tweets. It was how the team treated him. Um, so his comments, you know, we, we had him online and lo and behold, it, Packer fans were, were, were unhappy to, to say the least. I heard some, from some familiar faces that, uh, crept back onto the timeline, which is always nice to see But Hey, we, we're just talking to a player who has a story to share. And that wasn't the entire story. I mean, there's a lot of Minnesota in there on, on what he's trying to build with Daniel Hunter, Harrison Phillips. They want to create purple people leaders 2.0. He's he's a confident guy, and he had a lot to say, and I think that we need more honesty. And I, I commend players for sharing their stories behind the scenes because this isn't abnormal. I think there's a lot of players who feel pressure to play when they don't when they don't think they're ready to play. You you've seen it in your 17 oh. years, I'm sure. And hey, look, it, only Zadarius Smith knows Zadarius Smith's body. So, so for people to tell him, no, they're paying you that much money, go put your body on the line. I mean, get the hell out of here with that. Like this, this is some, he's, he's allowed to make his decisions with his body. And it is just, Absolutely. it is just funny to hear people basically call him a liar. Um, Matt, Matt LaFleur was asked about it and he said, Hey, our, our interpretation in, in so many words was different than what Zadarius said. Aaron Rodgers was asked about it. It's going to be fun Sunday, Jim. It's going to be fun. I think that when he gets announced out of that tunnel at Minnesota, um, emotions will be flying both directions. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that game. Um, but your take on just what players story, do. Yeah. It's, you're right. They have every right to talk about what they go through. They're, think of the pressure they have for their careers, not only performing at the highest level, but health is so key. And who takes care of them? They have to trust somebody else is making the right decision for them a lot of times, you know, on medical decisions, surgeries. And, and that's, that's frightening to think, you know, are you giving me the right advice or not? Um, and if, if you feel like you're not getting the right advice and they're not behind you and that's to feel not supported after what you're going through, you know, to play for that team, that, that cuts deep, that cuts deep. It's strange in this case, because for my time on the beat, I remember, the Packers team physician, uh, Dr. McKenzie, uh, being very conservative. I mean, he, I think when you look at the spectrum of, you know, doctors who are trying to look out for their players, Green Bay's track record is, is pretty good. Uh, that being said, by and large, across the NFL, <clears throat> this is the kind of stuff you hear all the time. Like, uh, I mean, to the extent you got Tyrod Taylor getting stabbed in the lung. I mean, he's, he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Chargers. I mean, that, that's what started Justin Herbert's career. 
And that stuff happens all the time. The horror stories that you hear in Minnesota, you know, they, 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 cl- they clean house in terms of the, the training department and, and, and really how they take care of players' bodies underneath Kevin O'Connell. Let's just say it's a little different under Kevin O'Connell than it was Mike Zimmer, that, that maybe what was written barely scratched the surface on right. everything we're talking about here with that team. I'm telling you, Tyler, you wouldn't believe the discrepancy like leading up to a draft certain players when I t- like just talk miles Jack there was different opinions on him medically by team like think about how that sways one team could say yep he's good to go another team could say no we, we have concerns he's off the board you know it can be that crazy and they can't come to, to an, an agreement just like drafting players is, is in a sense they can have all the info and it still is a, sometimes a, a decision, you know, like not a 100% scientific decision. I mean, so they have discrepancies. You also have to factor in what we see in retired players today. Oh, look, look around that in quality of life, quality of life. You, you see some players that, you know, not, not distant memory. I mean, not distant memory, not from the sixties and the seventies. And I'm talking nineties. I'm talking two thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've talked to some of them, you know, it's not just physical, it's the mental. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird. You know, we're so into the blood and the guts of the sport and, you know, I consider myself an old soul and I, I love, <laughs> I love all that, 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 that football's about, but <laughs> man, I mean, you, when it comes down to players making decisions about yeah. their bodies and, when they want to share, um, no doubt. it was interesting. We'll just we'll leave it that in it. Agreed. And this is what we love about sports, man. That rivalry, Green Bay, Minnesota, it could be a fight to the finish in that division. I, I, I think Minnesota, if they have, you know, we can say this about a lot of teams, but if they do have a few injuries to those core pieces, I think they're in trouble. You know, look, they basically, you know, zapped Rick Spielman's entire 2021 draft. Seven of those guys that they just drafted a year ago are, are cut. Um, so, but they, they did keep like, you know, cousins, cook, Jefferson, Thielen, uh, Kendricks, Harris. They, they have a core there. That's a, that's a strong core. Th- those guys have been through a lot. Neil Hunter. Yeah. But if you have a few injuries, I'm not sure what's behind Agreed. them. That's I think Green team. Bay's I, depth I is better. It, I think Green Bay's built for the playoffs. I think between their depth, their new style of play building from the inside out, I'd still take Green Bay, you know, Late in the season, I take Minnesota at the start of the season. I like it. I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope you're right Sunday afternoon. All right, we're going to get to the crazy, ridiculous, outlandish predictions on the season. But uh, any anything else? Let's just hit on our Super Bowl picks quick. Anything yeah. else? Bills, Packers. You want to share? Nah. Going with the uh, complete teams, coaches, quarterbacks. Like it all. Cincinnati. I love those. So titles. this is why, okay. I like this pick by you. Cause this is, I think it's so hard to get back and you feel like you must really feel like they're built to, to get back. That's a, that's a hell of an account. Like that's really hard to do. I think they're, they're young enough and blissfully ignorant enough to not compute the concept of it, it is really hard to get back to like nobody saw last year coming like, psychologically, you know, when you don't know what you don't know, I, I mean, what Jamar chase is 22, 23, they're Joe so Burrow's 24, they 25. So yeah. They're so young. And okay. Look at, you look at the depth chart. You look at the roster that that secondary, I can't say it enough. I and mean, what they did to Patrick Mahomes one week after Mahomes, just torched Buffalo in the fourth quarter and overtime. They, it was the exact yeah. opposite. I think secondary, they know how to read routes and coverages and, and they'll hit you. Uh, Chidabe, Wuzier, Fon Bell, Eli Apple, Mike Hilton, Jesse Bates is now back. He missed training camp, but Dax Hill, who they drafted in the first round, I mean, they're loaded and, they, and, and they get enough pressure up front with Hubbard Hendrickson. So I think they have all the pieces defensively, in an AFC where, I mean, my God, all these quarterbacks, all these weapons, it's, I think we're all expecting these crazy shootouts week in and week out, but they're, they're they prove that they, 
they can sh- beat the hell out of you. They 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 can oh, get yeah. stops, not just get stops. They can turn nice. the ball over. <clears throat> so I love that. And then I mean Burrow and Jamar Chase and that connection alone to do what they did in year one. You know I know they played together in college, but pff, the throw we've talked about against San Francisco, where Joe Burrow is just literally throwing it to the corner end zone as Jamar Chase is running the opposite direction because he knows Chase is going to plant his foot and then go the other direction to the corner. Yeah. And you're doing that in year one. You're reading the field that like Joe Burrow does in year one. That That's going to reach a Rodgers, Devontae Adams, you know, connection where you, you're yeah. seeing the same thing out there. And T Higgins is a thousand yard receiver. And Tyler Boyd's a as good of a slot man as you're going to find. And Joe Mixon's a top five back, you, you could argue. Love and an Mixon. offensive line that was really bad last year was completely rebuilt. So, I know. I, I mean, the only reason to not pick the Bengals is if you think you just, it's just too hard to get back. I no, think it's, if you strip that away, I, mean, I, I love this team. And I, I think, I mean, I love the Bills too. I think that's going to be a hell of an AFC championship game. I mean, look, just look at the AFC. Just we've talked about it, but you can make a case for so many teams. It's unbelievable. All because of the quarterback play. That's where I see the Colts falling short. Like how can the Colts compete these guys? And I'm saying, I'm not saying they can't because they're, but how do you beat these teams? You know? Yeah. I mean, they've unique and Gakway, DeForest Buckner, Shaquille Leonard, uh, Stephon Gilmore, Kenny Moore. They, they, you can make like, a case for their defense against anybody. Anybody, right. And Jonathan Taylor, like they want to play a very distinct way on offense. Agree again. But, yeah, Matt Ryan's what, 36, 37. I mean, he can't, I just don't know how he could hang with those guys if it gets to that. But, but you're right. I mean, they are built to run the ball, play defense, keeps you in every game. I almost kind of like Pittsburgh a little bit more than Indy in, in in the playoffs, just because, you know, look at their top three receivers, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens is a monster. Um, Trubisky is a huge unknown, but I, I kind of like those receivers more than what Indy has going on. Uh, but let's get into the crazy predictions because I yeah, know you, go. you've got them warmed up. Start at the top, something nobody sees coming. You guarantee you know, put your life savings on what Jim Monas is about to tell you because it's guaranteed to happen. Jimmy Garoppolo leads the 49ers to the AFC championship game. Wow. You need to elaborate because, you know, I've got Trey Lance on a fantasy team. And the, uh, I think, well, if Trey Lance Red is, Rockets doesn't like hearing that, you know, I'm not. A, here's here's the crazy thing. It's amazing to me they couldn't move on from him. I, I, it's amazing. You, it's the most awkward, strange situation that the only thing that makes sense to me, I know the, I know the way that they didn't want to lose. They had to keep him based on the contract, whatever, and they redid it. But Those are birds for people listening. I'm, I'm doing the podcast outside, and we've got some loud birds overhead, so sorry about that. No, you're, I'm <laughs> just saying, it's like, how do you – how do, they must want to see something more from Trey Lance to not somehow find a way to make that happen. I, I can't, I just can't figure it out. I can't figure it out how he's still on the team. And we always have a saying in the NFL, if he's on the team and he's number two, whatever position he's going to make, he's going to be on the field at some point. Because the veterans in that locker room know that this is somebody that took them to a Super Bowl, that took them to an NFC Championship so, game. If it, if it gets ugly, uh, if there's something not right early, boom, here's our cushion right here. And we talk often about how to support your young quarterback. This doesn't strike me as a move no, ripe with support. No, it's strange, I think. But anyway, that's one I'm just throwing out there. So I, I, I can see it, and it's it, – it's puzzling. It's baffling. I mean, I all of it. No, it's from the raw tools, and this is where the the Trey Lance pick was interesting because they he does have like a Josh Allen light skill set where big, strong, unbelievably raw. But you can you can coach this up. You can work with it. But rather than the Josh Allen round, just playing him, 
you know, the Bills were okay losing. I mean, they went six and ten. They were getting rid of gutting the roster. They were thinking about the future. But look at the receivers, you know, in that season. I mean, that was when Isaiah McKenzie first came over, and you've got what Deontay Thompson and Zay Jones and whatever Calvin Benjamin was, and like they they weren't trying to win a Super Bowl. I mean, the 49ers are trying to win a Super Bowl. They they took a, a project when they're trying to win a Super Bowl. So philosophically, it was odd. Um, but because it's like, I mean, for these guys to get to get better, they need to play. They just need to play. Like, I, I get it. They're, they tried to go the Patrick Mahomes route and, and make, I don't know. No, who knows what's better, what's worse. I, I feel like you just get better playing games. And he didn't do a lot of that last year. And now they're hesitant to do it this year. He's the starter. So they'll see. But it it's like they want to just keep Jimmy Garoppolo on ice in case things go bad, but aren't you possibly potentially, you know, nudging things to go bad with that threat? I mean, with somebody literally over his shoulder, breathing over his shoulder every day at practice. Um, I get it's a big boy league. Get get your big boy pants on. If you, if you can't handle it tough, but uh, it just, let's see how it goes. You know, maybe Trey Lance is so damn good. That it, it none could, of this matters. It, you're it right. Could the case. It could go that way. It could go that way. I'm just, we're trying to make, you know, good, good topic. All right. That's a good one. Um, and I do love the fact that they're playing Justin Fields first game. Yes. Because once again, man, look at that team. Yeah. Like offensively. I don't Rough. know. Rough. Rough. We'll see. Anyway. Another team that maybe isn't, uh, taking the necessary steps around their quarterback. I know we've got some Bears fans that, that are listening. I don't, you know, I like fields, so I'm hoping. All right, hit All us. Right. Uh, let me just pull it up here. There was a comment. Where is he? That's right. Glenn, Glenn Stitley got on my case for saying the Bears were going to be the worst team. So sorry, Glenn. And I apologize again if I mispronounced your last name. You're a you're an OG subscriber here, so hey, well, you, you had we'll to see. ruin their you had to ruin their season before it even started. Let's hear your next one, Jim. What's so we're gonna stick with some quarterback drama. How about Minshew replaces Hurts? Ooh, I like that one. Just does saying, he win? He wins too. Do you have him win the? No, you have you got the Giants winning the division. So, Maybe that's why. Okay, we'll get to that. But here's my thing with this: I just feel like they are. There's a lot of pressure. They, they feel like they can win right now. Obviously, they're going to give Hurts every opportunity. They've kind of invested in him. But the way they're built, with that receiving core that they have, and that running game they have, and, and a potentially good defense. Uh, it'd be hard. You, you don't want the passing game can't be the problem. Hurts, you, if, if that makes sense. If the passing game is the problem, then then Minshew, I think, gets at least a look. Now, obviously, when I say it's got to be, it has to be something. It could be this weekend with Detroit. Yeah. You know, before the season, you're looking at this game as, hey, we got we're, let's beat Detroit, right? Detroit's looking at this game that they can win. They can win this game. So let's just let's pay attention to how they throw the ball, how they're doing. Cause they they've invested at that position. So I'm I'm pulling up Jalen Hurts' numbers here. It wasn't at the tip of my tongue, but he he went eight and seven as a starter last year. Um, you know, completed sixty one percent, a tick over three thousand yards, sixteen touchdowns, nine picks. But you know, where you're Obviously, going to try to unleash him as a, as a runner. He had 784 yards and 10 touchdowns. So and it's a different offense with him than it would be with Minshew. There is a threat. It's a different. It's a different way to appreciate a quarterback when you've got a thousand yard threat. I mean, it's ahead that defenses have to account for. There, there. No question. That matters. That's why Lamar Jackson oh, no. is so valuable. They're get, I'm saying they're going to give him full opportunity, and they should give him every opportunity. I just I saw enough flaws in the passing game that yeah. It's just something I thought about. But, I mean, like I said, they're invested. That receiving group is mm. – I mean, it, they, they went all out. I mean, they, they're 
they went all out around around Hertz. So it's yeah. it's 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 going to be do or die for him this season, and that's that's a great prediction. I like it. Do you have one more? Right. We'll see. That's a fun one. Do you have any? Do you have any off the wall? Anything Man, fun? I, I should I should have went a little more off the wall than you. It's mine are very very much on, on the wall or you know <laughs> mine are way yeah, mine are out there. I can I can get creative. <laughs> I like Tua Tungavaiola. I think that oh, Tua is going like to throw for well over four thousand yards, thirty touchdowns. Don't give, all right, don't give me the stats. Give me the outcome for the Dolphins like with Tua this year what do you see for they make the playoffs and they win a playoff game with Tua I like being a reason why that's how you then that's a then yes that's how I would judge that by you like saying that like I just think that that they got their guy the the offense is perfect for him it really is When, when you look at what they want to do with Mike McDaniel and they didn't show a lot in the exhibition games no you know, so we're, we're kind of going off of what, what players are saying, what we've seen in San Francisco. Right. But I, I think that Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, and Mike Gusecki, it sounds like him and the team aren't really seeing eye to eye right now, but he's, he's still around this year. He's yeah. not, not going to block. I think mean, he's just not going to do a lot of blocking, but he's a hell of a receiver. But you've got all of this speed, and it can be used in so many different ways pre-snap, so many different ways post snap on crossing routes on oh, jet sweeps. I mean, no they're doubt. and it plays to what Tua does well. He's incredible with with, with ball fakes. He's, He's incredible so with good. just ball yeah. placement. Yeah. Where he that you look at how Tom Brady has extended his career. It's it's the the short stuff underneath, but the nose of the ball tilted down exactly where it needs to be in stride. You know, guys aren't reaching behind them, and it, it's not slowing them down. Quick story. Well, being blood and guts, I gotta do a better. You know, I'm gotta do a better job weaving these stories in. You know, to get people to buy the book. <laughs> you did all the work. You did the work. It just came to mind. It just came to mind. But um, the Tony Gonzalez chapter. I hung out with Tony Gonzalez for about like four, four and a half hours. It was amazing. I think I, there's stories he shared that I cannot repeat on this podcast because I really want people to buy the book. But he shares one untold story. Um, that it's going to definitely open people's eyes. Like I could not believe what happened when he was a Falcon, but this is at the end of his career. Um, the full story is in the book. So please purchase it. If you subscribe, go, go to golongtd.com, hit the link and you can get it 30% off and get a signed book plate. And that deal runs for another 10 days, I believe. But Tony Gonzalez was done playing and Tom Brady tried to convince him to keep playing. And Tom Brady basically convinced him to come to a workout and Tony Gonzalez was, was there. He was Tom Brady had his whole crew, the nutritionist, Tom house, you know, Alex Guerrero, everybody's there receiver, you know, Tony Gonzalez thought they're just going to be throwing the ball around. He knows it's gonna be all serious. And he said, Oh, Tom Brady at one point apologized to him about like a throw and said, you know, I needed to get that ball out in front of you, like another, whatever it was, few inches at this velocity, because it equates to this much more yak. I mean, that's the part of the game that we don't really appreciate enough. And we kind of take for granted just that ability for a receiver to catch the ball in stride. Think a track, like a four by one, when you're passing the baton to somebody, if if you're able to just kind of do it seamlessly as you're, you're, as you're re- receiving the baton and you're in stride, you're going to win that race in football. If you're a receiver and you're able to just stay in stride, you're Tyree kill your see ya. Good night. And, so it's just a perfect storm for what Tua does well. You know, he doesn't have a strong, super strong arm. It's going to be strong enough for him to take advantage fine. of the play. I'm so tired. Game. I'm so tired of that. But it's, I don't think it matters that much with what they want to do. I think they're going to. I think they're going to score a ton week in, his, week out. His issue for me, as we talked about before, it's not our. It's it's the decision making in critical situations was really bad. But that could have been a result of the disconnect that was going on with the coaching staff. And and that can that can change. So the, yeah. his physical ability is fine. I'm not worried about him physically. I I totally agree. And he's young enough to repair that confidence. I, I think it was it was in a bad place last year with a head coach who didn't really want him. You know, the, the supporting cast wasn't that great. 
and hey, the line has to hold up. Taron Armstead needs to stay healthy. That's a, that's a big yeah. if, but big if, but but you have to. He is going to have to. You know that that's he's going to have to make the plays in the fourth quarter and hit the deep. When you have a chance to hit the deep balls with these guys, you better hit them. I mean, you better be on point down the field. Not saying he can't do it. Just we haven't seen it a lot. They have not done it a lot. Completely. Um, but anyway, I like that. I like that with Tua. And I suppose if I was going to give you one more here, Jim, and this is probably going to come back to, uh, you know, bite us in the ass because it's people have said it year in, year out, and they're wrong. I think New England's going to be not good <laughs> this year. I, I can't quite say bad. I, I can't. I can't get myself to say New England will be a terrible wow. football team. But I think all of the signs are there for the Patriots to take a substantial step backwards. And they, they might reach a point where they start thinking about like 2023 and they're going to have to rethink, you know, coaches on offense, rethink personnel, how they're going to use their money. It just seems like Joe Judge and Matt Patrick, <laughs> that's your game plan for developing yeah. Mac Jones out of Josh McDaniels. It's, it just reeks of narcissism. Like we're smarter than everybody else. And the way they've kind of just talked down to anybody even questioning this all summer, it's, it's very Patriots. I mean, that, that's why I say like, they'll, they'll probably go out and just prove everybody wrong. And like Mac Jones will be a star. Right. But I don't no. even know, like look at the, he's throwing to Devonte Parker. I, I guess that's a fun acquisition. It's not really on par with everything else going on in the AFC. I think you just, you summed it up perfectly. Basically, if Mac Jones is for real, they will compete. If he's what I, you know, I put him in my guys, I think they're going to be some of the most disappointing players. We both did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see him. I don't see it with Mac Jones. So I agree with what you're saying. Because if he's what I, if he's not the answer quarterback, they're not winning. Hmm. They're not winning. I guess this is what the Patriots would, would argue is they just adapt and evolved through the if, course of a season better yeah. than anybody. I mean, they yeah. started last season, what, two and four? And they, they had some rough losses. They should have beat Tampa Bay. <clears throat> if uh, if Jonathan Jones doesn't get hurt and Justin Bethel doesn't come in for that one play in that yeah. one moment where Tom Brady saw it, attacked it, got a first down, kicked a field goal, Belichick beats Tom Brady in Foxborough. I mean, that, that, that happens. So, and then they, they figure things out, but then it was so weird, right? Like they, they win the wind game in Buffalo and Sean McDermott's flustered in the press conference when he's asked about Belichick, the offensive coaches aren't happy with what he's saying about things and things are bad. And then all of a sudden the Patriots go South, the bills figure stuff out that second half against Tampa Bay finished strong and, and the Bills absolutely just exterminate the Patriots those two games. I mean, it was embarrassing. Like, the Patriots, yeah, where, what's Bill Belichick thinking watching that game last night? Like, did he really do everything he needed to yeah. do in the offseason to close the gap? Defense? They, lost, they lost J.C. Jackson, right? They Who, you know, he didn't really do that great against Stephon Diggs anyways. But what did they do different? Like, what's different about this team that closed the gap with Buffalo? I don't see anything. I think in Miami beat them twice last year. <clears throat> Yeah, I can't argue that. I, I'm with you on that. I don't see it with the Patriots either. Thirdly, Joe Flacco will be the MVP. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, no. No. <laughs> what about – does he beat Baltimore, though? No. Oh, my God. That's that's going to be ugly. I mean, di- didn't Baltimore I – mean, Lamar Jackson score like five, six touchdowns the last time they played? It's – yeah, it's – um. yeah, I don't, I, I don't see that ending well. I don't see that in the for the for the Jets. Um, but yeah, if uh, if anybody else out there has something crazy, let us know. We have everything up there. Go along, TD. I, so my five breakthrough players: I have Romeo Dobbs, Green Bay, Tua, Cameron Dantzler in Minnesota. I think post Zimmer. That's a good one. That's a good call by you. He did play. That's a good one. You know, Ben Lieber made a few good points in that story on on Dantzler. Uh, so then at Cortland Sutton, I, I love him with Russell Wilson. We know how Russell likes, you know, dialing into to one receiver. I, I just think Sutton's loaded with it's talent. A great point. 
That's such a great, that's a great point though. He does, especially anybody for those deep balls. Cause he throws that, that pretty lob. He does. And then James Cook was my other one. So we'll, oh. we'll see how that pans out. But here's, I got to find the tweet. I think our buddy Joe DiBiase over at GR did the, did the research. He's always good for this, but let me, let me see if I can find it. So just to, uh, you know, justify my, my James Cook breakthrough. Well, I'm trying to find Apparently so. there's been, oh yeah. So he says that James Cook joins this list of running backs who have fumbled in their first career game. So a fumble in your first game. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkler, Kareem Hunt, Le'Veon Bell, Ray Rice, Stephen Jackson, LaDainian Tomlinson, Sean Alexander, Edron James, Jerome Bettis. Yeah. So to your point about, on the speed of the game being different, it's that's all. It was just like going JV to varsity. It doesn't mean anything other than just look at the, look at the two guys on your team. Look how they played last night. Yeah. That's all. I remember going JV to varsity, point guarding high school basketball. Man, that's changed things for you. I had about twenty turnovers that first game. I think it was pretty rough. So tomato, tomato, right? About the same thing. <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't believe that. 2020. It was in 10th grade. I was pretty young, but I figured it out. You know, you adjust, you adjusted the speed. Um, all right. Anything else, Jim? There, there was a note here. I, not that anybody really gives a shit. I wanted the, to pick up our Starbucks conversation. Remember what happened there a few weeks back? Yes. So basically, you know, the, the doors were told to open at five and, mm-hmm. Then they said, no, it's 5.30, and you know, 5.35, they let me in in pure disgust and rage, and they weren't happy about it. Well, I don't know if, if she listens to the podcast, but I, I I went there a few times since, and she was very friendly, the the woman. She might be the manager for all I know. I'm not, I'm not sure. But then she did come up to me as I was working there off Camp Road, and she said that uh, they're understaffed, and – that um oh yeah so this was about 7 30 a.m when i was working that day she said they're understand she wanted to let me know that they're not nobody's allowed to just hang out at starbucks anymore they're only gonna be completely drive through they got a ton of seating in there i, I promise i have a point so hang with me there's a ton no, of seating I'm- in there and they've got seven workers six or seven workers there and she said they're understaffed and they and they can't accommodate people who <laughs> want to hang out there so there's part of me that's like well is she one of our listeners? Did she? And I had my go long shirt on. Is she, is she just giving me a bunch of, but she was very friendly about it. Maybe she's being, you know, patronizing, condescending, and just trying to, you know, shag my ass out of there. Could be, could be. But then I'm looking around, the tables are empty. Nobody else is really in there. And I wasn't mad, Jim. I was sad. I got very sad because think about it. It's, this says so much about society. Why was Starbucks founded? You know, as a, a, a coffee house chain. So people can just hang out and congregate. And drink a little coffee. Face-to-face interaction, right? Face-to-face interaction. And I'm looking around. I'm like, <laughs> people just don't do that much anymore. They don't just sit down and converse face-to-face. They don't. They're, they're always on the go. Our society is so rushed, so hurried, so obsessed with getting to the next thing that, yeah, that drive through it's constantly going and going and going. And people are constantly picking stuff up. And there's everybody's faces are just buried in cell phones. And those six workers, you look, they actually were busy as hell. They were, they weren't just like hanging around, just fiddling around on their phones. They were trying to keep up with this all. And I just got sad. Cause it's like the whole reason Starbucks was really founded, right. Was, you know, hang out with your friends. This is a place where you can get to know each other, talk about your day, talk about life. And yet we've gotten so screen obsessed, so busy as a society that I think that, 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, you're just going to see coffee shops in general just kind of go downhill or just face-to-face interactions will kind of continue going downhill. It was, it was sad to see. Well, so I'm not even mad at her. I'm not, I'm not mad at the manager. If, if she made that all up and she just wanted to ban me for life, that's another thing. But I think she was being honest, and it's, it's depressing. That, that depresses me because I like coffee shops. And I always had a vision of – I always was jealous of the – call them the veteran crew. Every coffee shop has them, right? Mm-hmm. Those guys, those retired guys in their 70s, 80s, go there every morning. Like, I always pictured myself there. We're talking about the bets we lost the night before. Yeah. Yeah, Jake, I can't believe I lost that. Oh, who you got tonight? You know, I just picture those. That, that's how I'd like to be retired someday. Yeah. 
But I, you're I'm right. probably I'm over, like, there overestimating it. Shops. There I mean, Spot Coffee, when I worked there, that place is always banging. I mean, there's just people in There are tons of people in there. So maybe, maybe it's a moot point, but, you know, Starbucks is the, the company that revolutionized the concept of that. Like, you can hang out here over a cup of coffee. That it just got me thinking. One more thing. Our buddy Dan Murphy, loyal listener, oh, yeah. loyal reader, he wanted me to bring this up to you. I don't have it right in front of me, so I'm paraphrasing Dan. But so Andrew Filipponi, hilarious follow on Twitter. Yeah, big in Pittsburgh radio. We actually went to Syracuse together. Um, played played basketball against each other in Media Cup. He was a good player for WAER when I was at the Daily Orange. We we play at the Dome once a year. I like that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he and he was in the Buffalo market, I believe, for a little. Now in Pittsburgh, his big thing is like he's banging the table hard for Kenny Pickett. He thinks Kenny Pickett is just going to be an absolute stud, and. I, all right, you know what? I do have to find the exact, the exact bet here. So, did you? Are we doing? Is, is this uh, is Mason Rudolph the EJ Manuel? Um, he had no. There's chance. that too. Yeah, I think you said that right. Didn't you put that out there? <laughs> it was very. Yeah, it's very similar. How like it really they, is? He had no chance. All right, I gotta find this. So he goes. <laughs> this is Andrew. He tweeted uh, yesterday. There is no way in all caps. The Browns finish ahead of the Steelers. If they do, I will let someone kick me in the nuts in a public place at ha- as hard as they can for a good cause. <laughs> so Dan asked, he's like, could you like really in good conscience, like just go ahead and kick somebody else in the groin? Like say you, if you had, like, is there somebody you dislike enough to just unload a kick nah. to the nuts? It doesn't do I it can't. for me. It doesn't do it for me. Right, doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I can't think no of interest. my worst I have no enemies. interest in that. Yeah, no interest. You know, even even some of these these old uh, these old fans that came out of the woodworks, you know, that said a few things back uh, back with a certain Bleach Report Packers story. I don't wish ill upon anybody. I don't I don't block no. anybody on Twitter. I it's just there's there's nobody I dislike enough to actually mm-hmm. kick him in the nuts. No, I'm good on that too. Well, there's your answer, Dan. Sorry, it wasn't more colorful. Are you sure, Jim? There's nobody in the NFL. Do you want to maybe backhand? No, I really don't. It, 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 no? Just, okay. it doesn't do anything. <laughs> That's gonna do it. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll be back. Uh, the games are Sunday. You know, I think once we get into the season, maybe we'll we'll predict a few games. Um, we'll we'll look ahead a little, but we wanted to more so focus on the season with this app. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um, be on the lookout for those two episodes each Monday morning and see where we're, when we're going to be at Fatties and, and come hang out with us if you're in Western New York. Thank you so much for listening, everyone.